0: Good evening and welcome once again to another episode of the Friday Night Parkdale Special. I'm your host, Joyrider, coming to you live from the dollhouse in downtown Toronto with my feline co-hosts Chatty G, Silent Shay, and Floof Master Toby. And this is episode 146. Happy birthday to us! Yay! Thanks, G. Because I've had the last... Couple weeks off, I've been working on updating the booth and I had a backlog of records that I needed to put into my database. And yeah, I have a database for my records. Why, you ask? Because I have been known to buy the same record multiple times. There are a number of reasons for this. Sometimes it's because I forget that I already bought the record Sometimes it's because I'm looking for a specific version or a remix. Sometimes it's because I've gone from one format to another. Sometimes it's that I listened to it so much that I wore out the original copy. So without that in mind, I I realized as I was going through that, yeah, I'd, I'd done it again. And I sat down to make a list of all the records that I've done this with over the years. And that's how we're gonna break it out tonight. There are four or five categories of tunes. We've got, oops, I bought it again, format switchers, but I need that thing, and desert island albums. And the desert island albums, if you were shipwrecked on an island and you could only listen to four or five albums for the rest of your life, which ones would they be? maybe a bit of a misnomer, but that's what the Wasteland and Mistress McCutcheon call it. We're gonna start with the Oops, I bought it again category, and the first one is actually one that I'm kinda surprised about. It's a little embarrassing, but it's Rat's album out of the cellar. And I very much did like them when this album originally came out, I think in 86. From out of the cellar, this is Rats Round and Round. next one also came out around 86 and not only did I own it on cassette, I also ended up accidentally buying it twice on vinyl. Um, Once in my defense was Gatefold and the other was not. And I forgot that I owned the other one already. From Inexcess Albums Kick, this is New Sensation. Another one that I discovered this past week that I had accidentally bought two copies of was the 12-inch of Pat Benatar's Love is a Battlefield. It's a good song. I'm a sucker for the movie Big, although some of the plotline has not aged well at all. And so when the movie 13 Going on 30 came out, it was like Big for girls, and it was awesome. And... The scene where they're dancing to Love is a Battlefield never fails to make me laugh. This is Pat Benatar's Love is a Battlefield, the 12-inch mix. This next album was my Christmas present when I was 10 or 11. I was definitely a tween because in addition to this album, I also got a Barbie car that my dad made, which says a lot about the age I was at at the time. I loved this album. My parents gave it to me on cassette, and I listened to it so much that it has this weird heartbeat sound on the cassette now. And as a result, I tried to find it on vinyl. I tried to find it on vinyl so much that I ended up buying it three times. That is the worst of the worst as far as the oops, I bought it again category. Yeah, three times. Because I couldn't remember, and if I didn't have it, I wanted to make sure that I did. At least it wasn't a special order or a particularly expensive album to rebuy. I don't think I paid more than five dollars for it each time. From Howard Jones' album One to One, this is all I want. thing that I love the most about that album is that as I get older, I still find new ways to appreciate it. There's a nostalgic affection for it, but as my life experience changes, so too does my appreciation of the album, and indeed which parts of it I appreciate. This next one, it's a 12-inch that I ended up getting a couple of times by mistake. The first time I heard it, It was part of the repertoire of a DJ friend of mine who goes by DSP. I believe he's living in Berlin now. And his copy of the 12-inch ended up in the hands of my friend Steve. And Steve then passed it on to me where it has remained well cared for. Somehow, though, oh, I remember what it was. So I spotted the single in a record store on Queen Street, and I couldn't remember what the remix that I loved was called. So, just in case! Because sometimes, especially with trance tracks, there will be multiple singles released, and there will be endless numbers of remixes. Don't even get me started with the whole binary-finery thing. The only song worse than that was this one by Delirium but that was part of a remix competition. I think by the end I had 87 remixes and I started to collect them just to prove a point. But I'm getting off track. This next track is by Jean-Michel Jarre and it's called Oxygen 8 and it's Datto's Ethnic Remix. This next one, the album came out, I believe, in 1995 and I got it on CD and then, about maybe six months later, I found the CD single with remixes on it in uh, Seekers on Blur. And at the time, I was living with a guy, he had a subwoofer, it was a 10-inch sub, and so the first time I heard this song, this particular remix, it was on a subwoofer and I don't think I had ever heard anything that blew my mind quite as much as this did. So in addition to having the CD single, I would eventually find it on vinyl twice because I forgot that I already had it and it wasn't in the database. It's just that good a song. I couldn't help myself from Mike Oldfield. This is probably our longest song for the night. It's the Hard Floor remix of Let There Be Light. build always kills me. There's also a BT remix on the 12-inch and on the CD single. I believe it's the Luminous remix. Very, very good. Completely different feel than the Hard Floor one, which is not a surprise. Hard Floor is much more house oriented and BT is a lot more trance, but both are great in completely different ways. This next album helps us transition into our next cluster of pieces. I had this album initially on CD, and I think what happened is that I took it on a road trip with friends, left it in their vehicle, and it disappeared. They didn't find it, and I never saw it again. So I ended up getting a copy on vinyl from the crystal methods album vegas this is coming back So as I mentioned, our next category of tunes are ones that I originally had on cassette and ended up getting on another format, in this case, vinyl. This means that it's going back quite a ways and it's going to be a pretty abrupt change of pace. This first one up is from The Monks, and I believe the album came out in 79. I don't have it right at my fingertips. I wore out the first copy of the cassette that I had, and then the second copy I ended up giving away in an ill-advised effort to pare down. It had originally belonged to my dad. He passed it on to me because I loved the album. It was a white shell, and that's something that I don't know if many people who missed the cassette era realized. Yes, cassettes get released in different colors now, but that's something that they've been doing for a long time. One of the best examples of this being used as a gimmick was the initial release of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles soundtrack. In addition to black and green, there was one for every bandana color. Purple, blue, red, and yellow. Was it orange? sort of a yellowy orange. My first copy of the Monk's album, Bad Habits, was on a white tape. The second copy was a black tape, and then I ended up buying it on vinyl because I just wasn't really listening to cassettes anymore. From the 1979 album, Bad Habits, this is I Ain't Getting Any. What's? listening as the song was playing, I inevitably find myself singing along and remembered the early days of the show when I would regularly forget that my mic was still on and I would be subjecting you to my either chattering at the cats or my singing. A lot has changed in three years. I said this last year, and I think I said it the year before as well, but I'm gonna say it again. I didn't think that I would still be doing it in three years, and it doesn't even feel like it's been three years in some ways. Like, really? That's how much time has passed? Huh. This must be what they mean when they say, as you get older, time goes more quickly. It just all blurs. This next album I was originally introduced to by my aunt's boyfriend, Greg and he had it on CD. But at the time, I had been still refusing to use CDs at all, unless it was absolutely necessary, because it was an import or some kind of a limited release single, because portable CD players were garbage. They would skip, and if I couldn't take my music with me, then it was pretty much pointless. So I was still buying things on cassette, into the 90s pretty regularly. And I did end up eventually getting it on vinyl from someone in Portugal or Brazil, which surprised me at the time, but having done this show, I now understand that those countries both have strong prog rock communities, which is why two of the albums that we're going to talk about tonight, I got copies from those countries. Had to go all that way to ship it back home, basically. From Russia's album Presto, which came out in 1989, this is Chain Lightning. This next one I originally had on cassette, and as I started to transition away from cassettes, I ended up getting it on vinyl. I do still have it on cassette. I... Wait. No. No, I don't. It's another one of the ones that I pared down. That was such a mistake. Never get rid of stuff because someone tells you you ought to. You will end up regretting it. Anyway. This was the album that got me into Gowan. The song Criminal Mind was what drew me in. The video was campy and over the top and I loved it and I ended up really wanting to learn how to play the piano in large part so that I could play like him. My teacher did not teach me how to play like Larry Gowan, which is a shame but I suspect that piano teachers who teach anything other than classical were few and far between in the 80s, and they may even still be hard to find these days. From the 1985 album Strange Animal, this is Gowan's Cosmetics. Cosmetics. just remembering that in grade school I had such a crush on Gowan that my classmates would deliberately say his name to watch me swoon and laugh at me. I realized that they were laughing at me, but I decided that I would roll with it and thus be in on the joke rather than the butt of it. This next one is from an album that came out in 1992. It's from their second album called Are You Normal? and this is one of those bands that if you knew of them you loved them but they flew under the radar for a lot of people each of their albums had a slightly different flavor and i was really sorry when they ended up splitting up due to financial reasons i know that they are touring again in the uk and i have to say that uh, once i feel a little bit safer about traveling i am going to make an effort to visit the uk If only to see them play live one more time. I don't think I've seen them play live since they did their swan song show at the Danforth in 96 after Brain Blood Volume. From 1992's Are You Normal, this is Ned's Atomic Dustbin's Spring. I initially had this next album on cassette and then maybe about 8 years ago I discovered that they had done a 180 gram reprint of it and so of course I was interested and as I dug through I found that not only had they done a 180 gram pressing they had done colored vinyl pressings as well I really wanted the orange marble vinyl so I bought it and I listened to it when I got home and there was this horrible skip in the beginning of my favorite song on the album. I knew I hadn't done it because I had just taken it out of the wrapper. So I brought it back to the store and I explained what happened and they exchanged it for another copy of the orange marble vinyl. I brought that one home and it was messed up too. And we were starting to get a little bit baffled about what was going on. I think at this point he called his distributor, and it turned out that all of the orange copies had had some kind of similar flaw, which was when we decided that it must be something about the masters, and in the end I had to accept a purple marble vinyl copy. Which is not what I wanted, but hey, at least the song I love plays. Orange would have been more appropriate because it was the smashing pumpkins. From Siamese Dream, which came out in 1993, this is mayonnaise. There have been a couple of albums that I ended up buying multiple times because I really wanted a specific song or a specific version of a song. The most obvious example of this would be the Stone Roses self-titled album. On the cassette, you can find the track Fool's Gold. If you buy the vinyl, it's not on there. You have to buy it as a separate 12 inch, which is how it originally came out very annoying. Similarly, the black sheep song, the choice is yours. If you buy the album, the version that's on there doesn't have the engine engine number nine bit, which is the best part. You have to find the 12 inch. I didn't know this, so I ended up buying the full album and being horribly disappointed and then having to continue to hunt to find The version that I wanted. So, from The Black Sheep, this is the revisited version of The Choice Is Yours. next one up is an album that I have bought four separate versions of, one on cassette and three on vinyl. The first version that I got on vinyl was another that I got on eBay from somebody in Brazil, and it was packed so badly that it showed up chipped. Not cool, dude. Not okay. I ended up getting another version of it, uh, I guess maybe about... 10 years later, and although that one was fine physically, it wasn't the right version. So I had heard a rumor that there was a specific version of the pressing that had a different ending. The whole album is meant to be a story, and the version that saw the most wide release had the happy ending. but. There was supposed to be this one where it was clear that the ending was less than happy and I wanted to hear that. (sighs) About five years ago, there was a heavy-gauge remastered pressing that came out and the color of the image on the front sleeve was different and I thought, oh my gosh, this is it. Finally, I am gonna get to hear it. Nope, same ending. I was so sure I had it this time. Honestly, I don't think it exists. I think I got had. Stupid internet hype. From Marillion's album Brave, this is the track Hard as Love. If you're into prog rock, I really highly recommend Marillion's album, Brave. It is a fantastic story that's actually based on something that really happened. Up next, we go into our last block of the night, and it's our Desert Island or Shipwreck albums. Looking at them, I realize these say a lot about who I am as a person, and I'm okay with that. You might also have noticed by this point that there aren't any albums tonight that are from past 1997. And it's not because I stopped listening to new music in 1997, it's really because at that point I decided that I wasn't into CDs, that it was either going to be mp3 or vinyl. And as long as you keep your hard drive organized and build yourself a database, as I have done, the problems of buying repeats happen much less frequently. As long as you remember to update your database. Insert sound of cringing here. Of the five albums that I have picked as my shipwreck albums, I think four of the five wouldn't surprise anybody who knows me fairly well. The first one from the Cure's 1989 album, Disintegration. This is the opening track, Plain Song. album up is another that won't surprise anybody. It's Violator by Depeche Mode. Their seventh album came out in 1990, and they actually released an album today called Memento Mori, and it's the first album of theirs in many years that I have liked. I got into all kinds of debate with friends about where their last good album actually happened, but I think we can all agree that Memento Mori is the first good one, in a while. From Violator, this is Depeche Mode's Blue Dress. next one is another that won't surprise anybody who knows me. It's Orbital's third album, Snivelization. From Orbital's 1994 album, Snivelization, this is Crash and Carry. The second last one for the night is from 808 State, and I believe it's from their fifth album, which is titled Gorgeous, from 808 State's album Gorgeous. This is Nimbus. Our last song for the night might be a bit of a surprise. I wouldn't say that they're one of my favorite bands, but there's something about this album that I find I can just put it on and listen to it from start to finish and not find myself bored at any point. And it's one that I initially had on CD and decided when I stopped using CDs very much that I really wanted to have a copy of it on vinyl at some point. And so when I saw a 180 gram pressing come out, I grabbed it from the Black Crow's album Amorica. This is Ballad in Urgency. Come That's our show for tonight. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's always a pleasure to have you share some of your week with me. If you'd like to support the show, go to the fnps.com. All the social media links are at the top of the page, including my coffee link and the show's Patreon link. Patrons get access to a bunch of extra goodies, but if you're tight on coins, you know what else helps? Liking the show on whatever platform you listen from, leaving a review, sharing episodes you enjoy with friends following the show on social media. More earballs is always good, and I've been doing a bit of work on the site over the last week or so, so take a look for updates there. As always, be well and stay safe. Thank you for the last three years, and we'll see you next week for season four. Have a good one.